1: You're very welcome to Tuesday afternoon's Late Lunch on LMFM Radio, our first show of the new month of May. And as I do at the start of each month, let me see what the little calendar holds for us in terms of a saying for the month ahead. I love this one. It says, A hug is a handshake that comes from the heart just remember that throughout the month so give the hugs out to all those you love and really it comes from the heart it says there love those little sayings that I come to at the start of a brand new month you're very welcome to the show hope you had a lovely bank holiday weekend my God, I was just saying, it, it. we had a bit of heat all right, but the rain, the rain, my back garden, I've never seen it as sodden in me whole life and all of my life living in the house. It's never been like it's been over the weekend and that with the rain that fell. Please, God, it's going to stop and we'll get a good spell and a long spell of nice weather. That's what we we'll hope for, will we, for the month ahead and beyond. Lots of people to chat to over the next couple of hours and have a lovely competition. The Balmoral Show, it is the biggest show in Ireland, is happening uh, the week after next, that's the 10th to the 13th in uh, Balmoral near Lisbon. I have tickets to give away each day to the show, so stay with me for that one too. We begin this uh, new month and uh, new week with uh, a guest of mine who is a legendary walker and fundraiser. And he headed up towards this neck of the woods last Tuesday to walk the Boyne Valley Camino. But he's not a happy camper. Eugene O'Leary, good afternoon.
2: Good afternoon. Thank you
3: for joining
1: me. I'm really good and I hope you're good too. You're some man for one man, may I say, for By God, if anyone's walked in this world, you have and helped so many people as well. What took you up this neck of the woods?
2: Well, I've I've walked seven Caminos in Spain. Um, I wanted to do the uh, the Celtic Camino.
4: Mm.
2: Now, the Celtic Camino is made up of two... Two different routes. It's made up of the Boyne Valley Camino, and then you can continue on then from La Coruña in Spain to Santiago. So I went up, uh, not realizing that the the, uh, the, the Valley Camino uh, uh, it's got two functions. It's got the, the Camino function, and it's also uh, a tourist trail. Mm. So. I, now, uh, unfortunately, I compared I compared the Vine uh, Valley Camino to the caminos that are done in Spain, and uh, expect I went up expecting it to be the same, and it was totally different. It, it was first of all the first section I found was very badly waymarked. The section back was excellent, mm. it, it, it was marked grand but. I went up, but what, my, my biggest uh, complaint about the thing was when I got to Mellifont Abbey, mm. there was no way that I could get my Camino passport stamped because the office doesn't open until the 1st of June and I didn't realise that. I, I wouldn't have gone on the Camino uh, so early if I would realised that. So I I I have to I actually have to go back probably to Tully Allen and walk to Mellifont Abbey again Get it stamped because I contacted the uh, Bruno and they will be manning the uh, the reception place in the uh, at the abbey from the first of June and I guarantee that there will be somebody there who would stamp my passport but the, the, the problem is from the end of September if you want if you want to do the uh, the county Camino between the end, end of september and the 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 end of may the following may you can't do it because you can't get your uh, your passport stamped at Melapont abbey you know? and so it, it-
1: yes i and i and you're right it is not man between those uh, dates and it is the opw the office of public works who are responsible for having somebody there now i t- i know you spoke to other people as well who guaranteed you that it would be a man or a woman there whoever uh, during those times but that is the situation they don't have anybody there out of season and and i i see what you're saying now look i'll say this to you i've been in touch with uh, people who are Uh, working behind the scenes on the Camino, and they're all volunteers. You understand that as well, Eugene. You know, they're volunteers who have given their time to do the signage, they produce the maps, etc., etc. They were just saying to me that in Tully Allen, you mentioned Tully Allen Village there, that you can get your... If you go to Mellifont and do it on that, that the morning star there of the centre in Tully Allen can actually stamp your Camino.
2: Oh, oh, yeah, well, I I got my... uh, I got my... uh uh, passport stamped at, at the Morning Star, right? But that, but that doesn't cover that. That doesn't prove to the authorities in Santiago that you walked twenty-five kilometers, right? You, you can't get. You, you need to get it stamped at um, Belhaven Abbey, and that proves that you've done the whole route. Uh, uh, and then you can walk back and get it stamped on the way back, but. The the one at the morning star is not if you walk to the morning star and back mm. well you you don't get twenty five kilometers in and they're very strict in Santiago you, okay. you, you do you do have to have the the the, the full hundred kilometers before you can get your Compostela or your uh, c- certificate that you've done the. The Camino, you
1: know. Yeah, well, this then, there's obviously a gap in the market here, as you say. Like, if that place is not going to be manned for the majority of the year, then you're in trouble, as you say. So you're adamant that you must have somebody at Melophon to stamp it, and then that says that you've gone the whole way and back, back round to complete the route.
2: Yeah, well, no, well, not not so much that. But if, if uh, to make you aware that... You see, I got my uh i got my passport stamped at saint peter's church In and and at the uh the the, 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 Droha, the tourist yes place but none of them told me that i couldn't get... Uh, th- th- you see th- th- they're probably geared for uh, like the the tourist office is probably geared for tourism mm. and they wouldn't be there would probably wouldn't be really uh up to there, really aware of, about uh, what the Camino was. Or, how, for, you know, uh, yeah. they, they wouldn't be geared up for the Camino. They'd be geared for tourism, not for the Camino, you know. But uh, no, I, I think the solution is if I, if I, if I go to, um, the, I'm a member of the the um, the Irish branch of, of the of the Camino. Uh, and I think that, that's in James Street in Dublin. You know, yeah. so I think I, I go to them and get them to put something up on their website to make me to make you aware that not criticizing anybody, but just to make you aware that that, that, that you can't you can't actually complete the uh, the Celtic the, the, the Camino between the months of between the end of September and. Uh, and the 1st of May.
1: Yeah, okay. And I I, I think uh, the 1st of June, I think it is, is it? Yeah, the 1st of June, oh, the end of oh, June. Yeah. yeah, the end of yeah. May, the 1st yeah. of June is, is the dates. But anyway, uh, yeah. I, I think that's a good idea. And also, I think the tourist office should be aware because it's it's a holistic thing, all tourism, you know what I mean? They should be aware and hopefully they will be made aware of this now. The, I know the people were concerned. You walked, what, nearly nine hours last Tuesday. You felt you got lost. You walked, what, 40k instead of 25
2: I did, yeah, uh, I did get lost. I got lost in several several places. And now, for instance, to to just give you an instance of uh, just a, 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 the small one, you 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 walk from uh, Saint Peter's Church when you're starting out. You walk from Saint Peter's Church uh, to Horse Lane. Mm. right? But on the way to Horse Lane, there are several uh, little side streets leading down to, towards the Boyne. And but none of them uh, there's no name or any of them. So I thought maybe maybe each of them was. I walked down each of them thinking that there, maybe they were Horse Lane mm. until I met I met a man who actually lived in Horse Lane, and uh, he, he he guided me on so that I was able to do it. But then when you come when you come to Horse Lane, there, there's a sign that says Horse Lane, but there's no indication. There's no camino. Uh, uh, Arrow at all. You see, in in Spain, uh, the, the, you, you don't need uh you don't need the camino guides. You don't need a map. You don't need anything. You just follow the yellow arrows. Yes. You can't go wrong. And they're marked. They're marked every couple of hundred meters, I suppose. You know, mm. marked on trees. They're marked on the street. They're marked on the kerb on the side of the road, and everything. And there's there's no markings. There's no camino markings at all between. Between Saint Peter's Church and Harshley,
1: so. Okay, well, that, that's just an example. Well, look at the, the uh, these people were concerned and, and uh, like they they want everyone to enjoy their experience, as you can imagine, when they here because they love the Camino themselves and they've walked abroad and they have set this up in this area. They just said to me, and I, I I spoke to one of them this morning, spokesperson for them. They said there's 71 pieces of new signage to go up, and it'll all be completed this week. And um, they, they were wondering about, you know, did you have a physical copy of the map or did you download a copy of this map to your phone that lots of people use to do this?
2: No, I went to the tourist... I I actually did download one to the phone, but I went to the tourist office and got the proper map. Yes. You know, the, the full-size map. But, for instance, there's a, a, a blue line to guide you out and uh a pink line then coming back. Mm. Well I got to one particular uh, turn off to the right and uh, there was a, um there was a camino uh pillar on it and it led straight ahead which would have been correct. Mm. but when I'd walked about half an hour up the road and there was no sign of any other uh, indication I there was a woman stopped on the side of the road in the car and I asked her uh, how would I get to Tolly Island? Oh, to, she said you'll have to go back. So I went all the way back, and I went up to Tolly Island, and carried on, and went went, went up to um, Mellifont Abbey. But what, what was actually happening was I was actually doing the route in reverse. Right. I was doing the route for coming back rather than the route for going out. You know. Yes. I should have. I should. I should have kept on. Mm. And, and I would have, uh, I would have gone under right road. That was my own fault. It wasn't the, uh, it wasn't
1: the fault. Was yes, yeah. yes. I hear, I hear what you're saying. Yeah. And, and they just made the point. I think nearly a hundred people did it over the weekend, and they seem to find the way round with the download on their phone or the physical map as well. But look, I'm sure there are aspects of this, as you say, you're an experienced walker yourself, that need tweaking. And uh, when it is tweaked. Uh, please God, it will become much clearer and much easier to follow, follow the route out and back the 25 kilometres. But I do think that stamping at Mellifont is an issue that has to be addressed. If you say it's so key. Yeah,
2: yeah. I think, now, uh, having said that I did it out of a Camino, I'd say that if I had done it as a walk,
1: mm.
2: as, a, as a tourist walk, that I would have had no problems. Okay. It's just the, the fact that I did it as a camino, I followed the camino arrows and uh, or tried to, uh, uh, and uh, the camino little pillars, that uh, that that's what caused the problem. But if if I'd done it as a tourist walk, I don't think, uh, and, and that didn't know anything about the camino, I'm sure I would have had no problem. Mm.
1: I'd be interested about the melophon thing to see how that uh, turns out in the long run. But anyway, let, let's let see what happens there. God, you're a great man. Uh, may I say, tell our listeners that you're 80 years young.
2: Yeah, I'm 80 years of age. I was 80 years of age in January. But, but from you see, I, I've cycled all over the world I've still, with, with the Children's Hospital in Crumlin. All my walks and that are done yeah. you know, as, as fundraisers for the Children's Hospital in Crumlin. And so i've cycled all over the world south africa Hungary, portugal spain france finland and um, in the states i've cycled in uh, california uh, arizona uh, georgia and uh, up at niagara falls so i've been all over the place with
4: mm. them.
2: so i've i've kept myself fit i've been doing t- you know i've been doing things all the time for for instance uh, last year now i did uh, i walked from um, Galway Docks to Port Harbour, you know, from the Atlantic. To the yes, Irish
1: right seas. across the country. Yeah, and, uh,
2: and then I walked from um, the, the, uh, Custom House Key in Sligo down to Stokestone in County Roscommon, and then I walked along the uh, the Royal Canal uh, to Dublin. Yeah.
4: So
2: it, it, it's, it's called the uh, it's called the um, the, the, the Salmon Ways National Yes. Salmon, yes. Salmon. I walked along there as well. My God, so, you're you're legendary. So I'm, I'm, so I'm doing something all the time. I so know it, it, keep, it keeps me fit. It so keeps. If I, did, if I didn't, <laughs> if I if I took a break for a month, yes, it would be like starting all over. I
1: know it keeps the joints oiled. I hear what you're saying. How much do you reckon you've raised?
2: I reckon I raised about, for the for the Crumlin Hospital. I re- reckon I've raised about 180 thousand. Oh,
1: fantastic!
2: And um, I've also raised quite a bit of money for. Um, the, the Chernobyl Children's Trust. Right. I've been out in Belarus with the, with mm. the, with the Chernobyl Children's Trust. Uh, and then I've raised quite a lot of money to, as well for the uh, the, 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 the hospital in Rohini. Yes.
1: Yeah, I know. You are You are some man for one man. Listen, Eugene, I have to leave it there today. We look forward to you coming back to complete the Boyne Valley Camino.
2: Yeah, I'll co- go back to Tully Island. Good. I, I, I'll, I'll walk in reverse again, but <laughs> I'll just, I just go up to uh, the, 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 the Abbey. The
1: Abbey tab. and get the passport yeah. stamped. That's, get you'll passport get that done and then completed later in the year in Spain. Thank you for joining me on the show.
2: Appreciate it. Right, thanks
1: Amelia Not at all, take care of yourself, bye bye The legendary Eugene O'Leary there 80 years young and walking all over the world Look, the people in the Camino I mentioned They're fantastic people And bit by bit it's all coming together A few tweaks necessary, all right But uh, it's a fantastic walk If you get a chance you should do it sometime May I say, the 2nd of May, St Stephen's Day Can I say that today?
5: (laughs) I like the way you did that (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I was actually thinking of it yesterday. First of May, Christmas Day.
1: <laughs> well, your former incumbent of that seat in there didn't forget either. Miss Deirdre Hurley sent me a message <laughs> and said, first of May, Christmas Day. <laughs> she didn't forget. But I have to say today, being the second, second of May since Stephen's Day. But it is yeah. true every year, yep. whatever day, the first even of May. Even uh, Yeah, even in any year, whatever day the first of May falls on, it's Christmas Day. So Christmas Day will be a Monday.
5: Yeah. I actually said it in the car with all my family in it yesterday and there was just silence. And I went, oh God, isn't that it such, such amazing, interesting thing I'm after saying? And the kid says, yeah, but you're always saying it. And then my husband says, once I hear Christmas at this early... The shutters go down. <laughs> so, yeah, that was the sorry, reaction oh, I'm I got. Sorry, Sorry, everybody. It's
1: it's my calling card. Can I call it my calling card <laughs> okay. every year? Sure, I'm entitled to say it. <laughs> and I do always acknowledge the wonderful Philip O'Neill, who I worked with many moons ago, Phil O'Neill in Aircom, who uh, was the first man to point that out to me uh, in my lifetime, that that actually holds true. Will Does it wa- work
5: for New Year's Day then as well? Yeah, must do.
1: It's a week later, is it? Yeah,
5: isn't it? Yeah, Exactly.
1: Yeah, but it doesn't sound the same as no. Christmas Day, does it really? No, Christmas Day. <laughs> don't is. complicate it, don't complicate it.
5: It's, <laughs> New Year's Day is It's depressing. Stevens'
1: Day today in December, that's what we're talking about. Did you watch the snooker final? No, the world snooker. Oh, no, Louise. I didn't, but
5: I, I, I saw Mark Selby getting the, the uh, uh, 147. Oh, one four, did you see it? Mm. Oh,
1: Louise a maximum break 147 Mark Selby magical and Luca Brassell the new world champion simply outstanding referring back to my opening chat on the show today with Eugene O'Leary legendary walker fundraiser about his visit to the Boyne Valley Camino a number of people saying to me um, by text and whatsapp today according to the Camino Society Eugene only needs two stamps per day and another one there saying not true someone listening to him any of the stamps and any of the routes will do there are about five other Caminos in Ireland that operate the same way they don't check each stamp in Santiago either and I'm pleased to make those points in response as well look he'll be back and he'll complete and then he'll get his stamps and all will be well now moving on on late lunch this afternoon I was reading a very interesting article in the Irish Times it's a few weeks back now and I think it The title was The Sweet Taste of Chocolate. And it was identifying a number of uh, young people in the uh, chocolatier business here in Ireland to watch. And when I saw Carrick McCross, well, it jumped out at me and I said, who is this? Well, you're going to find out who she is now. She's a pastry chef. She's a wonderful chocolatier. And she's just uh, recently working on setting up our own business back home in Carrick McCross. Tara Gartland, you're welcome to Late Lunch.
6: Hello. Hi. Thanks for having me. Not
1: at all. It's great to have you on the show. Here, there's something I found out about you subsequently. You grew up in New York, did you? I did. You
6: really did your research. I have to give you
1: that. <laughs> <laughs> and that's my <me> job. <laughs> <laughs>
6: yeah, no, I was yeah. born originally in New York, but my parents are from Carrickmacross and Killammy.
1: Oh, very yeah. good. And did you spend... And then we moved... Yeah. Oh,
6: sorry. We moved back here when I was 15. Oh, so good I've God. I've officially been... In Ireland longer than I lived
1: in the States now, and you're you're, you're a United States citizen. I am. Wow, I am good on you, good on you. So listen, <laughs> your formative years were. Oh, what a city New York is! It's fabulous. Mm. I'm
6: very lucky to have. Been born there and also the American passport and the Irish passport. Best of both
1: worlds. You have the best of both for <laughs> sure. Anyways, the other thing about you is when you were at college and you decided to give college a miss and <gasps> went waitressing. Is that right? I did.
6: So I originally went to NUI Manooth and I started studying languages with the intention of becoming a translator because I was like, you know what? Uh, logical, steady job, nice hours, you know, travel, all those wonderful things and I was absolutely miserable and (laughs) I hated it. And when I dropped out, the only conditions my family said was like, well, I had a part-time job. They were like, if you drop out of college, you need a full-time job. I was like, okay. Got a full-time job in the Newmore Hotel, which is unfortunately now closed, but... I started waitressing and then we were dealing a lot with the kitchen and I was just like, that looks like great crack. I think I can do that. <laughs> and that was the start of my career in food.
1: The rest is College history. dropout. Yeah.
6: Found you- what I really enjoyed doing and what really appealed to me in life and the rest is quite history now because oh, we're like 11 years on
1: there <laughs> you go what a story but listen college wasn't over with because you went back to study of I course did. culinary arts yeah. in DIT Carl Brewer yeah. Street so in, in a way yeah. you went back to college but here I'm thinking here I am thinking you know the languages and the lovely hours yeah. and the travel and you <laughs> head for the kitchen long hours I did you know what unsociable I mean unsociable
6: and yeah. all my I even have little cousins who I miss so many family functions that if you ask them about what a Tara? Oh, Tara, she's always working. And I remember them saying this and I was like, well, they're not wrong.
4: <laughs>
6: I missed, If there was a family party on a Saturday, I didn't make it.
1: Yeah. Well, you know what? <laughs> you have given everything to what you do. And, you know, you, as you said to me, you absolutely love what you do. And there'll be times to catch up with family this, oh, that yeah. and the other. Of course there will. Anyway, then you move on, you qualify and you're a pastry chef. My God, I just looked. You uh, found your way then to Michelin-starred restaurants.
6: I did. When I was in college in Calgary Street, which I think is now TUD, I don't even think the building I went to college with is still in use. Yes. But I discovered what michelin stars were. And I was like, well, I want to do that. So then I worked at a one-star restaurant and then I worked in the two star restaurants. And then in Ireland, we don't have any three-stars. But I was a bit like, well, what do I do now? Mm. And I always loved working with chocolate and i also got diagnosed with celiac disease while i was in college which was a bit of a problem as a pastry chef mm. as you imagine flour yes. everywhere mm. not great combination but i decided i wanted to start making chocolates and gluten-free things that were like free from cross-contamination which is a big problem because uh, a lot of chocolate even like beautiful like handmade chocolates will contain malt and barley extract It's not really necessary, it's just kind of sometimes added for extra flavour to kind of give people that kind of malty, like even Malteser flavour, that kind of nutty little undertone. But yeah, Mm. so that's what I've set out to do now with Tara Gartland Chocolate. I got really creative with the name, as you can see. I spent hours pa- pondering, <laughs> what will I call it, days even, you know.
1: Well, yeah. you know what? The <laughs> proof is in the taste and never mind anything else. That's what it comes down to. But wasn't that an a, a, an irony, really, that you were diagnosed celiac, you know, and you right at the heart of this business as yes. well. You know, but it's it sent you in a direction, hasn't it?
6: It did. It gave me, a, when I was first diagnosed, I really didn't want to, accept it. I was like, no, no, not not me, no. And I used to eat little bits of bread and eat little bits of pasta, and I used to be horrifically ill. And eventually I came around to the fact of, okay, I just can't do this. But I still had wanted to work in these restaurants and stuff, so I did all of it. And I was quite fortunate to be diagnosed with celiac disease. Later on in life, as opposed to mm. from birth or early on. So I did know what bread tasted like and what good texture was and beautiful things. I didn't completely miss out on the joy of that. Yes. But it did, it broke my heart. You know, I'd be taking bread out of the oven or puff pastry and I just be like. Spent hours working on that Mm. Can't eat it Not a bit of it (laughs) (laughs)
1: Smells lovely though (laughs) Yes But you you know That uh, understanding And knowledge You bring to bear Mm. In what you do today Well listen to me Your daddy's very good Isn't he He's handy uh, (laughs) Knocking up A new kitchen For his daughter At the back of the house Excuse
6: I had my hands In that as well Did you? There's no bother on me (laughs) Builder's daughter Carpenter's daughter You know You know your way Around a toolbox (laughs) you don't get away with it like if you want something you have to participate in the building of it it's not quite as simple as ask and then you shall receive
1: uh, there I was trying to give the dad a bit of credit no, and the daughter pulls the rug from credit. under him
6: except like if wheels have to be taken off and I'm a bit closer to the ground you know yes I got a few years younger so it's you get on the floor and take the wheels off that bridge now
1: anyways you're set up at home you have your kitchen there tell me about this signature dish of yours passion fruit caramel and milk chocolate bonbon oh i'm salivating they
6: are the fan favorites every time i take them out of the box of chocolates so i do boxes of chocolates they're all gluten-free and i change the flavors quite regularly but this passion fruit caramel one every time i take it out i have complaints from people who purchased that, when does that come back? And then when it does come back, they said, please, please do not take it away again. So it is a really, it's using passion fruit puree. So, and then I reduce it down slightly. So it kind of um, concentrates the flavor and it's beautifully citrus and fresh and fruity. And I put it in with some caramel. So, and I bring the caramel quite dark. See, it's not burnt, but it's quite amber and it gives a beautiful, the sweetness, Plus the sugar, there's a little undertone of like tannins that you might get from tea or coffee. And it goes really well together. And it's just perfect with some milk chocolate.
1: Yeah. Well, I just need a cup of tea or coffee or something now know, to settle it's me a down. Maybe
6: this is a phone interview. You know, you really missed out on an opportunity I here.
1: Have just made the biggest mistake ever. You should be here with those chocolates and we should have the coffee or tea on the brew. But there's always time for that down the road. Don't worry, hey, Tara. You're hey. not out of the you're not out of the woods yet. And <laughs> <laughs> tell me this. You know, everything this is true, isn't it? Everything you make now are gluten free mm-hmm. and celiac friendly and yes. for everybody. So that that is assured yeah. and that's a very important point to make so how are you how are you how is tara Gartlin, you know getting our product out to the customers
6: so i i started my business a little bit backwards it was cart before the horse sort of job so long ago during the first lockdown i started making stuff and a lot of it was for like recipes for it to be published or something so then i was left with the a cake or a tart or something and i was like what am i going to do with this if i eat this i'm going to end up as big as a house and i was just like I gave it away I gave a lot of it away and then it started people were like well I'll pay you for it I was like okay and then I was like maybe I actually could make a business of this and so a lot of it is collection based at the minute and every Saturday I do mixed treat boxes that are all gluten free and basically the weekly offering goes up on a Tuesday and the orders close on Thursday at 8pm and people come on a Saturday and collect their treat boxes and they also can collect boxes of chocolates Um, on a Friday, Saturday, or even a Sunday if they give me a bit of notice. Um, I also have chocolates in Cloud Peaker Coffee on Pierce Street in Dublin. They have a small selection of my chocolates on their coffee counter. They get a a fresh delivery every week and they get a little selection of flavours. I also change those every month or so. Yeah, that's an ongoing collab. Mm. And then I will eventually have... I have new boxes ordered that will be suitable for nationwide shipping. And I'm also getting a website made. The bespoke packaging takes quite a long time. And as I went from a hot kitchen world of basically make the dessert send to the customer, I wasn't quite aware of the lead times, but I got there eventually. And so I think end of July, I should have my new packaging and website and be able to order nationwide.
1: Good on but, you. So you yeah, have a real plan and where you're yeah. going with this now. Oh yeah. Yeah.
6: And then also, if people want to see what I am doing, I'm on Facebook and Instagram. I also have Twitter, but it's mainly Tara Garland Chocolate on Facebook and Instagram. And I put up the weekly offerings. And also, I've done pop up shops before, where and there will be a few more coming this summer because people seem to like the the. I do a big selection of gluten free baked goods. And I tried to, like, have as much variety as possible as well as, baked, uh, as, well as boxes of chocolates. Because there's not an awful lot for celiacs when you kind of go out to eat in terms of... Yes. There's always a brownie. There's mm. always a brownie. Mm. Always. But kind of beyond that, there's... I find the options are a little bit limited. Or sometimes they're produced in the same kitchen. that we're, And flour is in the air. Yes. And that can lead to cross-contamination, which isn't very good for celiacs. Mm. It's kind of topical, because next Tuesday is actually Celiac Awareness Week (laughs) in Ireland.
1: There you go. So this is very timely that we're talking today. And what I'm thinking of, that day is very important to remember. What's very important to remember, too, is this is Tuesday, folks. There's still time to get your orders in to Tara Gartland. I'll be putting
6: the orders up this evening, (laughs) the menu offering. And also, I will be having, I'm donating some baked treats to the Drummond Lodge. It's a community group home here in Carrick-McCross. Yeah. They're having a coffee morning in 8 of Pieta House on this Friday from 11am to 2pm. So if you want to have some treats and do your conscience a bit of good, you can go have a nice coffee at Drummond Lodge in Carrick-McCross.
1: Well, you know what? You're a great bit of stuff, I have to say. (laughs) And I want to say to listeners today, check her out, Tara Gartland. That's G-A-R-T-L-A-N, Gartland Chocolate. Tara Gartland Chocolate, and you'll see all the details there, Facebook, Instagram, across social media as well. You're wonderful, and you know (laughs) something? You are going to be a huge success in your own right. I know it. I just know (laughs) it. I get it from you. I feel it. And the next time we talk, when you get the website up and things like that. Oh, yeah. I'll taste those chalkies here in studio. Is that a date? Is that a green?
6: You'll, You'll have to invite me in now. I will. You're coming back. You put, I the on. You. you put the kettle on and I'll bring the chocolate.
1: No bother to you. You'll be very welcome in LMFM. Tara, you're a star. Good luck to you. Thank you very much. Not it's nice all. you. You Bye. too. Bye-bye. Isn't she just a joy? Tara Gartland Chocolate. What a young woman. We wish her well. It's time
2: for our Two on Tuesday.
0: Two on Tuesday.
2: Playing the songs that just never quite made it to number one,
1: but we were so close. I'd
3: be number one. one. We were so close. Two on Tuesday.
1: Today's Two on Tuesday was released on the 17th of November 2014. It was written by Ivor Novello, award-winning writer Ian Archer and produced by Jaquire King, two big names in the business. The song peaked at number two in the UK singles chart and it was nominated for a Grammy Award for Best Rock Song. And subsequently, it was used in the movie The Space Between Us. Yes, you're two on Tuesday. This Tuesday, the first Tuesday of May, is by Mr James Bay. It's *Hold Back the River. Yes, our two on Tuesday, James Bay and Hold Back the River. Well, with the weather we're having in Ireland, I wish him luck because the rivers are bursting their banks. I've never seen anything like it. There's a word about Walter Rashton this year. I will break up the shop. Anyway, let's move on to the number one this Tuesday afternoon that prevented James Bay going to the top spot in the UK charts. And when I tell you that this song was at number one for three weeks in a row, and you might remember it subsequently on a Coca-Cola ad. Anyway, here's the number one that denied poor James. It's Miss Jess Glynn and Hold My Hand.
6: Standing in a crowded room and I
4: can't see your face
6: Put your arms
4: around me, tell me everything's okay
1: The Denier this Tuesday afternoon on late launch. Yes, the song that denied James Bay the number one spot for Hold Back the River are two on Tuesday. Was that number one, as I said, for three weeks? Top of the charts, Just Glynn and Hold My Hand. Well, now, Louise, I'll give you my opinion before you say a thing. I actually like both songs, to be honest with you, right? I like both of them. I really do. But James Bay for me, Hold Back the River.
5: Oh, I think Jess Glynn was yeah. right to hold hold James Glynn back, or James <laughs> Bay back even.
1: So we disagree. We do. You go with the number one. Yeah, I think I go the two. with the public. You. <laughs> You go with the people. kept her at the top yeah, for three weeks. For three weeks, you we bought the single. Fair enough. I feel sorry for James Bay. I really what? do. I think it was a great song. You know, Hold Back the River. It still is a great song. But uh, anyway, as you said, it made it to number two. He'll always be remembered for that. Uh, doctors differ and patients die. You love the number one. I love mm-hmm. the number two. Sometimes we agree, sometimes we disagree. That's the nature of life, folks. Hey, eh, Louise. Come on, come on, say congratulations to me as a loud man. Come on, as a mead woman, put your everything aside and say congratulations you have to, to, the break. to me. <laughs> Don't go to the break. <laughs> come on, the wee counties in the Leinster football final.
5: Yeah, maybe now you'll forget about Pearl Joe. <laughs>
1: Yeah, couldn't even, <laughs> you yeah, couldn't even. Oh, uh, what are you Okay, like.
5: I'll say a true gritted teeth. No, okay, congratulations. It, uh, w- fair play to them.
1: She did great. It the was teeth a good a bit win. there. But you see, you have. Le- you no, see? my son came I home know, absolutely know, delighted.
5: He I was know. like, we won, we won. And I was going, well, was yeah. the wee bit.
1: <laughs> yeah, because he's the loath man. Oh. Uh, he is a loud man. Fair juice <laughs> to him. They're loud children, and remember that. So your house he's is divided. He's mead blood running through. Oh well, 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 what about that? <laughs> anyway, uh, can't all be perfect. The wee those county, <laughs> the wee county, on the Leinster final and uh,
5: excitement will be brilliant. Now the next year. Oh weeks. my
1: God! Yes, what a job Mickey Hart has done. Mm-hmm. And I say it again. He he's come in and with time, bringing the team up through the divisions, and nearly got to Division One yeah. this year. But you know, how outstanding as that? Do, do you know what's changed in Loud? You know what the change is—the attitude. That's number one. But you see, Loud have put money into this. This is the thing; it costs to have a top-class county team. Money into look at the players—the way they've physically developed, the strength and conditioning, the professionalism, the winning mentality of Mickey Hart and uh, his sidekick mm-hmm. Gavin as well. All that—all that has come together. And I congratulate Peter Fitzpatrick as chairman of the county board, who has had the vision to bring in Mickey and back him all the way, supported by the people around him as well at the top table in the county board. They've done a great job. And I have been the biggest critic in the past at times. Uh, and I have to say, I say now to them, they've done a wonderful, wonderful job. And who knows, Dublin mm. in the final, they won't start favourites in the final for sure, but they in the Leinster final and they're in the All-Ireland series as well, for Sam Maguire well, they've which done remar-
5: has that ever been done before that like a team went up the ranks that fast
1: I suppose it has it, it, it wouldn't mm, be unprecedented but it, it is great it, it is fantastic and what they showed on Sunday again when they seemed to have it and lose it but when they showed that strength and depth and determination can, in the end to win, and well, back, yeah. well done to all concerned. Anyway, quick break. Back in a moment because we are marking the International Week of the Midwife. On Friday of this week, midwives across the world will be celebrating International Day of the Midwife. And of course, it's part and parcel of life here in Ireland too. And it's celebrated every year. I'm delighted to welcome to Late Lunch this afternoon. Grania Millen, who's Director of Midwifery at Our Lady of Lourdes Hospital in Drogheda and Amelda McKenna, who's a lactation consultant at the hospital as well. Ladies, you're very welcome to the show. Thank you for joining me. Thanks,
7: Thanks Jerry. <laughs> Love to be
1: here. It's great to have you with us. This an, I, I know i mentioned this to you before, Grania, but this is a very special day for you people.
7: Oh, yeah, it, it is absolutely. Um, I mean, I suppose as a midwife, it's a unique profession. Um, we're with families at a very intimate time of their life. Um, and we like then to obviously celebrate that and celebrate the, everything to do with, with midwifery and that day is just one day obviously that we choose. We extend it or a lot of places extend it over the week um, so we have a number of things happening this week but it is a very special day for, for midwives.
1: The, the unit at Our Lady of Lourdes Hospital, it's the hub of the region here in terms of delivery, so many babies arrive into the world at the hospital? Yes, yeah, so
7: last year there was 2,980 uh, babies that were To be delivered. precise. To be precise. are <laughs> <laughs> oh, there, about Jerry. <laughs> I could be one or two out right there, but yeah, 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 yeah right That So just around 3,000 a year we have. We're the sixth busiest unit in the whole country. So you have the three Dublin maternity hospitals, you have um, Cork and Limerick, and then, then it's us, Our Lady of Lourdes Hospital. And we're very proud um, to have that service here in the town.
1: And with you this afternoon is Imelda McKenna, lactation consultant with the hospital as well. The midwifery led unit there broke new ground in this time. You were part of the team there. How long are you in the hospital?
3: Well, I'm only back, I suppose, into the parent craft team since uh, May of last year. Um, so, yeah, it been a very exciting year Um I work as part of a team of four. So, my colleagues, Shanine, Claire, and Brenda, I work alongside them, and we are there to support all mums on their infant feeding journey.
1: And again, we've uh, been with you many occasions through the years on, you know, breastfeeding day or week or whatever you like to highlight th- th- it as well. Too. And Brenda, of course, has been a regular guest of ours uh, here. How is that progressing? Do you see more women, you know what I mean, trying to breastfeed from day one?
3: Absolutely. Our, our numbers are definitely increasing. We've seen a 3% increase, which has continued on out into the community as well. And, um, Definitely more and more women are wanting to breastfeed their babies and we are there to promote, protect and support them, whatever that infant feeding journey may be, and uh, to continue to nurture them on into the community as well.
1: Good on you. Now, you're here for a very important reason today because uh, (laughs) Miss Grania Millen and her team have taken the bull by the horns and they wanted to do something unique to Mark this week and this day. Tell us what you've been at.
7: Well, we have a very secret project... Mm-hmm. Uh, that we've been working on since last august in collaboration so the theme of this year's is um the international of the midwife is that solidarity. Solidarity. I can't say the word. Um, and um, we wanted to show the solidarity between the hospital and the community. So we've been working on a project since last year with Men's Shed, Drogheda Men's Shed, and Louth County Council to produce what we believe are the first uh, infant feeding benches to be placed in community areas um, within Drogheda and within Dundalk in Louth County Hospital. So this is a project. Not we don't call them breastfeeding. Benches, Benches, we're calling them infant feeding benches and infant changing benches. So it allows uh, families, both uh, fathers and mothers, to feed their baby on this bench um, in a secluded uh, safe area um, that also doubles as an infant changing unit and um, we have been working with Men's Shed who made so we have three benches uh, two that are for the St Dominic's Park here in Drogheda and one that has been actually placed this morning in Louth County Hospital in Dundalk and we had a great morning this morning with some of our parents um, who've had babies in Our Lady of Lourdes Hospital some of the staff um, and the staff from Louth County who were there for the The uh, secret uh, to be unveiled, uh, as is happening tomorrow in St. Dominic's Park. And we think that, you know, this is unique. Uh, We don't think that there's any other of these benches in the country. We hope that by placing these benches um, in uh, Dominic's Park, it'll allow for someone, uh, a parent, aunt, uncle, grandparent who's with a child, um, to be out. And if the baby needs to be fed, then the mother can breastfeed, a father can feed, or they can change the baby in a safe area. Like I particularly um, have. Uh, feelings for for the fathers of the community who don't have um, changing areas in in the in public toilets, who are also the mothers sitting babies on their laps to change them, or we heard this morning of a parent who had to put her baby down in the grass um, to change them, lying on the you know the baby lying on the grass or in the boot of a car, um, and now this has a purpose built um, changing area at the back of the bench um, and we're really hoping that if these take off that, um, now we have funded, our Lady of Lewis Hospital uh, have funded these three benches as I say in collaboration with Louth County Council and Men's Shed but we would hope that maybe towns around um, the county in counties either Louth or Meath will extend that into community spaces um, to facilitate parents to be able to feed and change their baby in a safe, clean environment.
1: And I was not allowed to say a word about this till they arrived <laughs> yes, here. Yes, this was
7: a, a secret. This was top <laughs>
1: It was like 007 stuff. <laughs> Melda, come in there because you you know what this is about. You've seen the benches, you know, and and from its uh, you know start of life till it, it'll be delivered in Dominic's tomorrow, two of them and one in Dundalk today. W- why are they needed? What's the real benefit of these?
3: I suppose. Um, I mean, they're they're beautiful benches. They're they're so colourful. Um, they're in ideal locations for mums you know particularly in Dominic's Park where you have the nice play area so if a mum has a toddler who is running around and on the slides she's able to look on and while she can sit in comfort and you know feed her baby whatever way that may be and I suppose it's a social outlet as well for mums we've been cooped up for the last three years with Covid you know a lot of mums would have been indoors and not able to get out and and meet other their mums and and parents so this is an ideal place for mums and dads and their babies to meet.
1: And it's customised for this specifically. This mm-hmm. is what it is for. It's yes, for parents yes, to be yes. able to change children and give them something dedicated to their stage in life with their little ones. Absolutely. That's it. That's yep. the idea behind it. Where did you come across this?
7: <laughs> so it's a long story but um, as I was flicking through Twitter uh, back last August I actually saw one of these um, uh, a, a, an infant feeding bench and I thought oh god that would be absolutely fantastic and when we looked into it it was actually in Toronto in Canada so I then uh, had this idea as I tend to have these crazy ideas and uh, got in touch with the operational services manager Ian Brony in the hospital and said look is there anything we could do maybe to get one of these benches around the hospital and um, so he looked and he saw another one the only other one we saw was in Croatia in actual fact um, but we just thought you know what hey, we could do this so I sent a challenge to uh, on Twitter to the TDs and Louth County Hospital our Louth County Council sorry and uh, Drogheda Chamber of Commerce and in fairness to Robert Murray and Fergus O'Dowd they both um, helped us with the challenge and they got in con- contact with Louth County Council because we'd have to get permission to put them into the parks and then our own general manager uh, Fiona Brady of the, the Lewis Hospital of the Louth Hospitals um, she gave us permission to put it into uh, Louth County Hospital in the grounds of, of uh, Louth County in Dundalk. So that's where I suppose it started, but it was huge amount of work because in fairness to Men's Sheds, the reason we had um, worked again with Men's Shed is because they did a lot. We opened a new um, staff garden um, and that was through the funding from the post office here on post Do you remember they did a yes, huge of fundraising thing. for us during mm. COVID? So that was that money went into a brand new staff garden, which is fantastic. But Men's Shed had worked with us to produce um, planters and benches and tables. And we knew their their work was of such high quality. Liam and the men there, it's, it's a fantastic service. So we went up and we we. Uh, broached the idea with them and they were absolutely thrilled to get involved and on board Um, then obviously Louth County through as I said Robert and Fergus and we we had a kind of a prototype because they had never, they had nothing to work with, and there was only really one issue, and that was to try and soften the edges so that the children wouldn't be scraped or the parent or that. So, mm. so that happened, and um, here we are with um, ready to go. And I suppose the reason we've kept it under wraps is because we wanted it to coincide with International Week of the Midwife to have that project. Now, there's there's lots of things. We we have our Midwife of the Year Day on Thursday as well, um, but this is just like today in Louth County in Dundalk. Tomorrow in Dominic's Park at eleven o'clock, and an invitation to anybody who'd like to come and support us uh to join us there in 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 uh in the park and then on Thursday we have our own uh, special event for um our own staff and then Friday actually there's a the um National Women and Women's Health Program are having uh the International Day of the Midwife Conference in Dublin as well on Friday so lots of things to to mark yes. the mm-hmm. very special occasion.
1: You're doing something different to the rest.
7: Yeah. Yeah. we'd like to say <laughs> that we do apart. that. You, know,
1: you something <laughs> yeah, unique yeah. and different and the yeah. first in Ireland and this will be, and as you said, you're hoping that this may uh, take off and this Absolutely. is the start of something that will go all over the place. Just from, from a listener's point of view, Imelda, for somebody who has a career in nursing, in midwifery, and what you do, is this something you always wanted to do?
3: Yes. Um, I think from I did my midwifery, it would have, I would have always had a keen interest in, in infant feeding. And especially then I would have worked as a public health nurse as well. So, you know, following that mum along that journey, yeah. it's never a very easy journey for every mum. For some mums, yes, but for some mums, no. So a huge part of my job is to support them as best I can. And I think this is such a lovely event to um just get mums together, get parents together, um, and, and to normalise infant feeding as much as we can. Yes,
1: so that's a point to make. That tomorrow at eleven o'clock in Saint Dominic's Park in Drahada, if you're a mum listening to us today and you have an infant or whatever, you're all welcome to Saint Dominic's Park in the morning. Come down; it's supposed to be a nice day as well, and you'll be welcomed and you'll see these benches for yourself. And, and, and
7: be- dads too. Don't forget oh the dads, God. Jerry. Oh my God! <laughs> <laughs> we welcome I? the dads as well. How could
1: I? Me culpa. <laughs> (laughs) daddies too and anyone else who's looking after a small child it's open to everybody it'll be a lovely morning there 11 o'clock in St Dominic's Park what about that point you make you know when you talk about male female in your profession it was traditionally a female profession and that's probably what's in the back of my bloody head even with (laughs) mothers and that as well have you male? Yes, male nurses yeah. working with you in, the, in in your own unit, Grant? We have
7: male midwives working yes. with us at the moment, and we have male student midwives working with us Very at the good. moment as well. So, yeah, I mean, it's a profession that male, female, um, anyone can go into. Um, you just have to have that dedication um, and that love of. The surface. I mean, it's for me, and I mean, I'm 35 years in nursing and midwifery now, and it's that whole thing about the privilege. It it is actually a privilege. Mm -hmm. Like, we are there with a family um, who, like, are at, uh, I suppose, a very joyous occasion. For most people, and we know um, that it's not always that way, um, but we are there at a very um, intimate time in, in somebody's life and we're privileged to be there and help and assist them through that whole birthing process. And unfortunately, when things do go wrong um, or there is a bad outcome, we're also there to support the family as well and yes. the staff um, during those occasions. Yeah. But I suppose for this particular um uh, event that we're talking about you know it is it is a it's a joyous event. it's 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 a once in a lifetime I suppose like our a very first thing that's happening. but yes we we support anybody and I mean student training. Um, you know, we, we're very privileged to be part of the DKIT um, college system. So our um, staff who train with us, the students who train with us, have experiences in, they, they train in their academic pieces in, in Dundalk and DKIT. So shout out to them, our academic partners. And also then they would have placements in Letterkenny, Cavan and Drogheda. Um, oh, but yes, the, the males and anybody who wants to be a midwife <laughs> can be a midwife and you can also be a, a, a DJ on a radio, and go in, and you can do a late entry, and at any stage you can join, midwife Jerry, uh, if you would like to.
1: Let me tell you, I'm fully qualified. I've lived with one for yeah. years and years, so you never need you're, to dig you're out,
7: an midwife, I haven't yeah. got
1: the stripes, but I'm sure I could, I could be of assistance.
7: You're definitely an honorary midwife, but no, I mean we have, we have yeah. midwives training with us who have been. Electricians, engineers, um, change, of change of career. Yeah, yeah,
1: fantastic. Anyway, tomorrow, 11 o'clock, Dominic's Park and Drought There's something really special happening. But for the moment, gronya Millen, Director of Midwifery at Our Lady of Lords Hospital, and Amelda McKenna, lact- Lactation Consultant. Thank you both for joining
3: us. Thanks, Thanks, Jerry.
4: Thanks, Jerry. Hi, thank, thank you.
1: Madonna and Papa Don't Preach. It's a papa's job to preach, isn't
2: it? <laughs> I think so.
1: <laughs> I know what she's getting on about, Madge. I do indeed. I see the boss is coming to Dublin this week. Louise, you hardly have tickets to go to see Bruce Springsteen. Did you ever see Bruce Springsteen? Would you be a, a fan of the of Bruce?
5: No, I remember he played Slane, though. My sister was she couldn't go, I think she was a bit miffed.
1: That wasn't the one you went to, no. No,
5: I never did. No. Did you uh, never go I to wouldn't Slane? be a okay. Bruce Springsteen fan. Yeah,
1: yeah. Did you ever yeah. go to Slane to a concert? You too. Oh right! Oh yeah! Fantastic! Yeah. Anyway, he's he's in town this coming weekend and I into think, early next. Did week. I
5: hear he's going to like play straight with no support act for like three hours? She, the man's
1: unbelievable. Uh, he's I think unbelievable. three so he's, yeah. hours
5: with no support act. Three shows. I think I read
1: up. there. He's incredible. That. He really, really is. Um, what was? Will you bit? go?
5: Did you get? If you got? A no, ticket. no.
1: I, I'm I'm not. Uh, uh, I, I haven't a ticket. You know what I mean? I like him, but you know. I've never been to see him, and I have no mad particular desire. I have a great admiration for him, and his music is wonderful. And he gives a hundred and ten percent. And good luck to him. Uh, but it's just someone I I, I wouldn't be particularly personally interesting. But people would kill you for tickets. for There's people willing to pay any amount of money for tickets. Just saw. Do you remember we featured the, the uh, dumping on the Dummies Lane? Was I it saw last week?
5: again. Yeah.
1: The buggers came back. Ah. Uh and blocked the lane again.
5: Did I see fridges and everything oh, this Oh,
1: my, oh, my, Louise. Disgusting. It's
5: disgusting. It really is.
1: It really is. And I, I just can't oh. believe it. You know what I mean? Suzanne Collins speaking to us about it and P.O. Smith the, the last week. Wasn't it early last week? But uh, they, they came back again. The only solution to that, you know, talk about CCTV, a steak out, catch yeah. them wouldn't you love to catch
5: them and I mean if they're and, coming that regularly yeah
1: block them either side of the la- and get them and, and sort it out once for all I think that's the only solution shocking I saw the pictures uh, Suzanne sent them to me the weekend really really brutal stuff <coughs> ah it was a cinch today wasn't it they're probably all a cinch to be honest for you anyway thanks to everyone who got in touch that is a rooster Yes, when the rooster came into our yard and it does waken many people in the mornings round the region for sure and beyond. Carmel Dunn from Ravensdale, it's yours today. Those tickets are yours for the Balmoral show. Enjoy a great show, it is, and check it out. Balmoral show for your tickets and all the times and details there. People were uh, messaging a cock and a cockerel as well. You weren't wrong, should we include you in the spin? But rooster is what I was looking for, but uh, couldn't deny. A cockerel is a young cock, of course, and they're all male poultry, of course. And I'll bring you another sound tomorrow to see if you can identify what's running round our farmyards. Connell, lovely to hear from you. Connell McBride in Fort William. He's a great listener to LMFM's Late Lunch. Thanks for a lovely show again today. He says, you're getting me through my shift. I'm a bit delicate. I was, I was out for a friend's birthday bash last night. I thought you were meant to get wiser with age. All the best, pal, and all the best to you, Connell as well. Lovely to hear from you. These things have to be done, Connell. It's as simple as that. It's part of life's experiences, I have to say. Anyway, on Late Lunch at 10 past 3 on the 2nd of May, we're gonna have some of this five four three two one counting down the top five songs from this week of yesteryear and today it's the number four because it is a tuesday from this very week in 1995 and i tell you it's an american r&b singer we're talking about today it's from his third album, here's the clue, simply called Bobby, released in 1992 and this one, uh, it originally reached number 38 on the UK singles chart in 1994 but then it re-entered in 1995, peaking at number 3, yes it's the uh, year we're talking about so it was a second release, a second journey for this song, yes, it's Mr Bobby Brown and Two Can Play That Game You can play that game, you're playing Bobby Brown. Who can play that game? He must be talking about tennis, is he? Speaking of have doubles in tennis? Four can play it, Bobby. <laughs> Eleven. Fifteen. You name it anyway. It's our number four in our top five countdown this week, and we're going back. To nineteen ninety five, this very week. Three, two, one to come over the next three days here in late lunch. Round about this time, I was up. I went up to see Draw to play uh, Shelburne last night. I have to say, what a fantastic wee team they are! Oh, talk about giving it everything! I've, I don't think I've ever seen a Draw United team that plays for the shirt and for the club and the crest ever uh, that can match this team. It really can. They're the only part-time team in the Premier Division and again they played Shelburne off the field last night they just can't if it's someone to score goals they'd be in the top three in the table there's no doubt about that they just lack a goal scorer the young lad scored for them Draper last night a wonderful goal he's a fine young fella he is if he just finds his shooting boots a bit more well there'll be more wins coming the drog's way but I'm thoroughly enjoying and of course Ava was with me last night and my other granddaughter was there for the first time little Pippa Pippa Kelly was there last night so the next generations are taking their seats in the stand to watch the drugs. It was a lovely, lovely evening And a big, big crowd up there as well A dairy to come on Friday night oh, As the song says, there's whiskey in the jar And more besides at Bowan Distillery Big plan, Sally Ann Cooney Welcome back to the show
0: afternoon Jerry how
1: are you I'm really good thanks for joining us again well news that you've lodged planning for quite a change is it in in what you're doing there
0: yes that's right Jerry so we're we're moving on to the next phase of our planning with the distillery here and um, as you know we recently just celebrated our third. Uh, anniversary which meant we actually have uh have Irish whiskey which we just sailed on site here um just before Christmas and we were hugely excited uh to share that occasion with uh lots of our friends and family and people who supported us um on the winter solstice. So that was very much I suppose the first part of our project was uh, was to actually make Irish whiskey back in Drogheda after a uh, hundred odd years. Mm. And uh the, I suppose the next phase of our project for those who are, who have been driving up and down the Platten Road is that we're actually uh, building a maturation warehouse at the moment. Um, and that will actually be able to hold up to 35,000 barrels of whiskey for us into the future. So that's a very important part of our plan. And then the final part, I suppose the key that's going to unlock um, I suppose our whisky story and our whisky journey is the addition of our visitor centre. So the planning that we lodged with Leeds County Council was relating to our visitor centre and also um some office kind of redesign within the building here. So we're hugely excited to be I suppose moving into the into the next phase of what has been uh, you know, quite quite a long and uh, quite an interesting journey.
1: And that will incorporate a restaurant, a retail area, tasting rooms, and kitchen there into that whole plan a- as well. Are you just doing whiskey on the site now? Because gin was a part of the story as well, or are you just dedicating it to whiskey?
0: Yeah, no, listen, gin is also a very important part of our story, as you know, and our, our Silks Irish dry gin very much celebrates our local and our family story here. We're using our own Irish botanicals, our apple blossom from our family orchard at home, elderflower from the hedgerows, and honey from our bees. My mom's a beekeeper. So silks is still a very important part of, our part, uh, part of our story. And we're also actually, we've just launched an Irish apple brandy as well. So that's one of the, when, one of the first uh, for the country it's called 1848 and uh, that's going to be a really interesting addition to our portfolio so we'll obviously we'll be majoring on our irish single still whiskey we have our gin and our apple brandy so our visitor center will be showcasing all our products but then also i suppose showcasing our beautiful boyne valley region and showcasing all that amazing produce that we have so the plan would definitely be for our, for our visitor center and for our restaurant and shop to be showcasing the region along with our products.
1: Very good. This is a huge addition, I have to say, to the region. And very, very... uh, It's really great to see it happening as well. Now... um, In terms of time frame, all you're doing really is within the building that's there itself. So I don't want to really preempt that and put the mockers on you, as they say. But planning (laughs) wise, really, this should sail through. If that were to happen, if it's straightforward enough, when would you envisage opening uh, all we've spoken about there now? Oh, no, Jerry, that's the million-dollar question. <laughs> I had to put you on the spot. I just had to. Come on, we're dying to oh, see it open.
0: the million-dollar question. Listen, as I said, we're very much focused on getting our warehouse uh, built and complete, and we're hoping to have that done kind of early summertime. Yeah. And then we'll be moving forward, I suppose, onto the detailed planning, assuming, fingers crossed, uh, uh, Meet County Council uh, uh, work with us on the planning, which I'd be very confident that we have a very good relationship with them. I'd be very confident that... Uh, you know, they're very supportive of our project. And um, once we get our warehouse up and running, then we'll be moving into our detailed planning stage with a view to, you know, really cracking on with this next year.
1: Okay, so we're looking uh, into 24. You, would you hope all going well with you that you'd be able to, you know, open to the public with all we've said in 24? Would that be the aim of the game, ideally?
0: That would be the aim of the game, ideally, Jerry. But as you know, I'm always hesitant to put a date on it because uh, you know these things always take a little bit longer than you, than you plan. And for us, I suppose this uh, this will be our brand home. Uh, this it's a very important part of our brand strategy uh, to build, uh, you know, our brand both nationally and internationally. So it'll be very important for us as a family to make sure that we present, I suppose, the best uh, experience that we can. So, you know, obviously that will take time to do that. But we're starting with Great Bones. We have a beautiful building here on the Platon Road. We have an excellent location uh, just off the M1 um, and a really good opportunity as a gateway to bring people into Drogheda and into the surrounds. So that's something that we feel um, we'll really be able to add to the locality. And we're also hoping, to, obviously, to tie in uh, with the likes of the draw to urban art trail, um and that kind of thing, uh just to really kind of, you know, build that relationship in into the town and to get everyone off the motorway and in to visit
1: us in Dorada and onto the Boyne Valley. Good on you. Whiskey is a valuable commodity and Irish whiskey certainly making its way in the world more and more markets growing abroad everywhere and you know that as well. What about the cask element of the the whiskey? No, as regards an investment where people are not getting much return from, you know, banks or deposit accounts or anything else. Talk to me for a moment about that.
0: Well, Jerry, that's something that we've had so much interest in in the last number of years. And it's something that's grown from a very, very small base into something that is hugely, hugely interesting to us. And we have a CASC program um at the distillery here where we offer a number of different casks for people setting down our award winning uh, single pot still spirit as you know we want the world's best new make spirit in 2021 so we're laying down really beautiful new make spirit we only choose the best casks from around the world we offer a choice upwards of 10 casks we can source a special cask for people if, if we want so we take a lot of pride to be able to lay down exceptional product into really, really good casks for our customers. And we've found that a lot of people are moving away, as you said, from banks, from stocks, from that more traditional um, kind of investment. And the great thing about whiskey is that it, it's a physical asset. It's sitting there, it's in a warehouse, it has your name on it. And Irish whiskey is just going from strength to strength, both nationally and globally. It's one of the fastest growing spirits in the world. And we're just finding the interest internationally is just absolutely huge.
1: I'm just thinking liquid bullion in the Boan Bank. How about oh, that? Oh, you can't <laughs> beat it for sure. Anyway, uh, this is really uh, great news. And, uh, you know, please, God, everything goes well for you. And it'll be another huge addition to the area as well. You've done really good and uh, delighted for you. And please, God, uh, we'll be able to report on this down the road when the day comes, when the doors are opening. Thank you so much for joining me on the show, Sally. And good wishes to your dad and to your mum as well and all of the family.
0: Thank you very much, Gerry. I look forward to raising a glass of whiskey with you here when we open.
1: Please, God. Me too. I love that day and may it come sooner than we think. Thanks, Alianne. <laughs> Take care. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. sally is absolutely lovely. And well done to the Cooney family for a wonderful, wonderful investment and business on the banks of the Boyne, bringing whiskey back to life, this neck of the woods. Late lunch, LMFM Radio. That's almost it for this afternoon. Eddie Caffrey standing by to uh, bring you the drive and lots more besides. Have a nice evening. I haven't seen what the weather's like outside since I came into the den here, but hopefully the rain has passed us for a while anyway and we'll get a bit of dryness to dry up the soakage that's in the land and all over the place Anyway we'll be back tomorrow half one with your Late Lunch Midweek Wednesday Have a nice evening Take care of yourselves See you then The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors Drahida, Dundalk and Cavan